You're listening to Wellbeing Connection, the CMHA Manitoba and Winnipeg podcast. I'm your host, James Wellsman. The Canadian Mental Health Association, Manitoba and Winnipeg, wishes to acknowledge that we are gathered in Treaty 1 territory at the crossroads of the Anishinaabe, Métis, Cree, Dakota, Ojibwe Nations, and on the traditional lands of the Anishinaabe peoples and the homeland of the Métis Nation. This past weekend, four incredible, brave, and inspiring mental health champions completed the 330 Ride Challenge for CMHA Manitoba and Winnipeg's Ride Don't Hide 2021. They rode from Hecla to Selkirk Provincial Park and back, 330 kilometers, representing the 330 branches of CMHA across Canada, and most importantly, the $330 it requires to get one person in the mental health system to be able to get the care that they deserve. None of the content in this podcast is intended to replace the advice given to you by your medical team. If you are in crisis, please phone the Manitoba Suicide Prevention and Support Line at 1-877-435-7170 or text CONNECT to 686868 for the Kids Help Phone. Welcome everyone. I'm here with Brandon and Emily Potter. Emily, would you mind introducing yourself to our audience? Okay, so I am currently a professional basketball player over in Europe. So usually I spend about eight months a year living in Europe in different countries and I'm home during my off season. So right now it's my off season where I get to, you know, enjoy being home and not have a job and, you know, do different fundraising activities. What I really love to do in my off season or coach camps with, you know, young, younger athletes. Um, and this is my third year. I just finished up my third year being a professional where it's my job before that, you know, I, I did the college thing. I played in the NCAA in the States for five years. Um, But, you know, I I was born and raised in Winnipeg and of all, you know, the places I go and live, I always, you know, love, love coming back here and giving back, you know, to my community that way. I've also been involved with the Canadian national team since I was in high school as well. So at different points over my career, playing in tournaments and games and training camps with them. So that's something that's, you know, definitely been a highlight of my career. I've gotten to meet such cool people with this podcast. Uh, I, if you listen to a previous episode, there's uh, someone who ran 241 kilometers in one go. So like Brandon and Emily just completed the Ride 330 Challenge for Ride Don't Hide 2021. And first of all, I just want to wish my sincere congratulations for completing this monumental task that means so much to so many people. So I want to leave it to Brandon. Uh, me and Emily here, um, we're representing our uh, our siblings today. Um, that's the kind of the fun piece, hard to kind of sometimes gather everyone together. But um, so we're going to get a bit of a recap from, from both Emily and I about sort of how it went. And I think it was, um, from my perspective, such an awesome experience to participate and really just um, such an amazing team that came together to make this happen. And so maybe Emily, like, let's just... Um, you know, A, first of all, welcome to the podcast. Uh, it's great to have you here. Let's even start and dive into your story a little bit. 
I'd love to uh, for you to share a little bit about why you uh, have participated in Ride Don't Hide. You're a bit of a, an alum um, previously. This isn't your first go at a big ride like this. So you're kind of a bit of a, I want to call you a bit of a ride veteran at this point. Um, but uh, can you tell me a little bit about why you wanted to join Ride Don't Hide and sort of your Ride Don't Hide experiences previously? Yeah, I think my first experience with Ride Don't Hide was 2018. And, you know, I was an ambassador then, you know, my sister did the ride and we did, you know, the classic Ride Don't Hide meeting downtown and, and riding through the city. And 2018 was kind of when I first really started getting involved with, with mental health and different initiatives. And then last year with the pandemic, um, we decided to do our own little ride, me and my sister, and do 140 kilometers from Winnipeg to, to Lactabonny, just outside, um, well, just to where our lake home was. So 140 kilometers in one day. So I don't know if that makes me a ride <laughs> veteran. <laughs> I think, you know, I think it, I think it does, because when, uh, when we were talking about this, uh, like, I've been riding a little bit, but. As soon as I heard that you did 140 kilometers on a mountain bike in gel seats, um, I thought uh, I thought we'd have quite a team coming together for this. So I need I think anybody that can ride 140 kilometers on a mountain bike, it's um, a pretty pretty big feat because it probably would have taken a little bit longer than what uh, the speeds that we were uh, we, were, we were cruising at uh, over this last weekend. Oh yeah, it was definitely a lot slower last year and a lot more painful. But it was a good, you know, learning experience, and we were super proud of accomplishing that last year, and then bringing that into this year. Um, it was so much more enjoyable this year, and to have a group of people doing it all together, you know, for the same cause. It was it, honestly, me and my sister talked about it, and it was kind of like a vacation. You know, we got to go away for the weekend, we got to see some great stuff, and it was fun along the way. I, I didn't, you know, dread um, any any part of it, and I wasn't. Yeah. No, that's good. I, I I would probably align with you on that one. It did feel like a nice nice time away, albeit certainly a bit of a tiring one for sure. And could you even share a little bit about like why why do you support CMHA um, and Ride Don't Hide? What what brings you back year after year for something like this? Yeah, I think CMHA obviously is a great organization, and I've done a number of different fundraisers where I've donated money back to CMHA. And I just like how they, you know, are supporting local pro programming right here in our community, in our province, and that's where the money is going. And, you know, being an athlete, we always talk about the, the physical side, the physical side of things, but the mental health, I think, is just as equal of a piece of the pie, if, you know, if not even more. Because if you're not doing well mentally, it affects you physically and vice versa. So, you know, my goal has always been to try to get rid of that, that stigma surrounding mental health. And I felt it myself and I didn't even know why, you know, couldn't really explain it. And getting involved in different mental health fundraisers and, you know, I do some work with a little foundation that me and my friends started as well. It's just a great way to give back and connect with people and try to make it a normal conversation. You know, it's not taboo. It's not attention seeking. It's not, 
you know, weird to talk about your mental health or say, hey, I'm feeling unwell and you mean it in a mental sense and not a physical sense. So CMHA has always, you know, supported me in all my endeavors. When I come up with an idea for a fundraiser, you know, obviously if I want to be involved in Ride Don't Hide, then it's become a good partnership and been super fun over the years and it's grown in a lot of different ways and could not turn down the opportunity to be a part of the 330 ride. It really... (laughs) It was a tough decision. I was not thinking we were going to do a super long ride this year. After last year, it was like, oh my gosh, okay, that that sucked, yeah. the 140 kilometers on a mountain bike. But this year with you in it and your brother and all of the sponsorships and everything backing this ride, we were like, yeah, okay, we have to do it. We have to see what it's about. We have to at least try. Yeah. Well, and that was, uh, it was so cool when all of a sudden this, this big team started kind of coming together and I thought that was just amazing. Um, but so, so I guess, so we left at, um, you know, Saturday morning. I think we finally got going at around 7 a.m. How are you feeling Saturday? We kind of started in Selkirk. We got, kind of got a bit of a, some, some, some speeches uh, were said. I was a man of few words that morning for sure. I know I was just feeling like, I don't like saying things before I do something like that. <laughs> I'm, I don't know, like maybe this is like a thing that how this maybe this is how athletes feel and they're kind of like kind of doing big competitions, right? But my mind was just solely on, you know, what I had to do that morning, um, well that day or that weekend. So I didn't really want to say much. I think when they asked uh, if we had something to say or if I had something to say, and I think I think I just said, well, drink water. <laughs> that was about it. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, and then I guess we got rolling. Which was pretty great. Um, that first stretch, we were probably going. I think we were got a good speed at about 32 kilometers an hour from Selkirk up to the uh, Fusion Well. How, how did you feel in that first little bit in the morning? Yeah, I felt good in the morning. You know, it's always a process of trying to feel feel things out. But I thought we started at a good pace, and I have never really drove that road before, so. made everything like new and I was just you know trying to take in the scene see everything and enjoy what would come because I really had no idea what to expect yeah I think that was kind of nice about is that I've never it's been a while since I've ridden that area of the province before I was familiar with the area of Gimli cabin country I've I've ridden there a little bit um but yeah I would agree it was kind of nice not knowing kind of you didn't we didn't know what we didn't know which is kind of nice um and then I guess Gimli was kind of our first big rest stop, which was, which was great. Um, your sandwiches were amazing. I appreciate that. That was awesome. <laughs> <laughs> that was, you know, th- yeah, that was the most important part of the ride for me. It was making sure we had enough food and eating basically like every half an hour. And, and, we, talked ab- and we talked about this prior, right, is that we're both extremely food motivated. Yes. Because people people think like you know it's a long time on your bike and it truly is and and when you think about some of the things that go through my mind and I'll let Emily sort of double back like kind of share her thoughts too but when I'm riding or doing something for a long time I'm thinking about like burgers and the next thing I'm gonna eat because um, really you just have so much time to think and so I just start you just start thinking about something that's gonna taste good. <laughs> we well me personally on my watch at least said I burn like 5,000 calories each day. So at that point, it's kind of hard to, you know, make up all of that in a day. You can try your hardest, but 
Yeah. You know, I've been enjoying, you know, the meals we had after the, each ride, you know, having good meals, pretty much whatever you want. Um, and then the last few days as well, just getting my calories in <laughs> whatever way I can to try to get yourself back feeling good because you're not pushing yourself super hard throughout the ride. So you can't breathe or talk, but sustaining that for six plus hours a day, it all adds up. Right. So I've become a master of eating while riding a bike. So it's great. As you're talking about this ride, it really inspires me to think like, Emily, what's the difference between training for a ride like this and then training and maintaining <laughs> your routine with basketball? Yeah, to be honest, I did not train a ton of bike riding specific stuff for this ride. And I didn't really do a ton last year either. I'm still doing, you know, all of my basketball workouts and weight workouts and trying to, you know, um, get in the gym or outside shooting and doing stuff like that. And I think the biggest thing for me was doing, trying to incorporate like slow, steady state workouts, whether that be like the elliptical or a bike ride or, you know, a jog or even a walk to get your heart rate up to what it was like kind of when we were on the bike. Um, and I think, I don't think a workout's ever going to hurt you, you know, to prepare for a bike ride. And I don't think that you need to be super scared that you can't, you know, attempt or do a bike ride. You know, it's not like starting a marathon. I think it's a lot more of an accessible sport and activity to get into doing cycling and biking. And that's why I think it's definitely more fun than running a marathon. <laughs> And you get to enjoy, you know, other people and still be able to talk and socialize and take breaks and enjoy things along the way when you're riding. But yeah, I mean, when you're in the ride, when you're in the moment, um, you do have to focus on some things. And there are times when it gets hard or you're at the front of the line and you're facing a tailwind and you just have to push through. And it's, you know, just one foot in front of the other and do your, you know, five kilometers at the front of the pack and prioritize that and then take your rest at the back. I like what you said there uh, about a workout's never going to hurt you. And I think that can be a big barrier that a lot of people have when they're training for something is that you think of what's the optimal routine that's possible that I can possibly do to train the absolute best I can to be optimally there. But if you're thinking too much about that, you might end up over committing and getting overwhelmed and when people are trying to get in shape or get more fit or when they're riding in their particular way that they're riding this year, uh, you really want to have that consistency. And so this is about ride. Don't hide is about getting started, connecting with others. It's about reconnecting with things that you've done in the past. And I really like that. That's going to stick with me that a workout never hurts you. Cause I, I keep trying to find my own way of like, if I want to work out, I tend to overcommit, squat, deadlift way too heavy, end up injuring myself, and then then I'm lying on the couch for a little while without being able to work out. But just doing a little bit and each of those workouts has helped in some way. So thank you for that. Yeah, for sure. And 
you know, yeah, you never regret a hard workout at the end of it, even though at the beginning, if you felt like, you know, you didn't want to do it, but then also with the pandemic, it, not everyone's going to be at the same spot. And I definitely wasn't, you know, last summer just working out at home and then trying to go overseas and play basketball professionally. Um, you're not, and you know, to the children or people that are getting back into their team sports or whatever activities they're in, you can't expect to go immediately back to where you were, right? Like you have to just give your best on that specific day. And I think we did that with the ride really well, especially on the second days, give our best that day. The first day was kind of more, I guess, feeling things out and I had no idea what to expect. But then that second day, I really felt like we gave our best that day. Yeah, I would, I would think so too. And I felt like we were a little bit more in sync on the second day. Um, just for people listening, we did, the, the times were actually pretty similar on both days. So um, I have total ride time um, on day one of, of, let's see, about just over six hours, about six hours and like 20 minutes or so. Um, and then on the second day, we were about five hours and 45 minutes or so. Um, average speed day one heading up 26 kilometers an hour approximately average speed day two heading down about 28 kilometers actually so a little bit quicker on the day two um, but yeah I would agree I think like I think everything was kind of a little bit easier on day two we knew a little bit more what to expect and I think like the big piece is that you know we had we had good nutrition on day one we we weren't starting uh, our, uh, our ride ride crew was mentioning to not start at a calorie deficit on day two so to make sure we ate a lot we definitely ate a lot i certainly felt bloated um, that jersey actually felt like it was tighter at the end of the day <laughs> than, uh, than it started so um but i think like one of the best memories for me was that when just that moment when we got when we finished and we realized kind of we made it up there um that was pretty cool getting straight to the point. Um, it's kind of funny because we saw, we, we drove right past Gull Harbor, which is where we were staying. Um, and we, I think we all just so badly wanted to turn in, but as a, a collective, we sort of, I think very, um, <laughs> with our sad faces all agreed that, okay, we're going to keep going right till the end. And we drove past what would have been, what was later on the lake that we could jump into to go all the way to the end there. And then how fantastic was it when we climbed up the tower? Yeah, I thought that was a joke. So, you know, we get to the point and I immediately take off my shoes. I'm just in my socks. I'm like, this feels fantastic not to be wearing clip-in shoes anymore for my bike. And there's a great tower to really overlook the point and all the water. And I don't know, was it Jordan's idea to go to the top and bring our bikes or yours? It might have been between him and I, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and you guys were going to do it, and we were going to stay, me and my sister Becky were going to stay down at the bottom, and I'm like, well, they start carrying their bikes, these stairs, like, obviously, we can't just let them do that and not point in, and thankfully, our bikes are very nice and light. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it, was, it was really funny, because that was where that, likely, a little bit of that um, uh, competitive nature, because I know you and your sister are competitive people, Um I don't know, maybe that came out a little bit. I don't know, like, it, probably, it would have been hard to watch two people walk climb up the tower and not have the full team go, you know? Like it, was, it was almost like this, like, little little sure. competition <laughs> right at the end, be like, which I thought was kind of funny. Um, but uh, but certainly worth it, because you got a sweet boat at the 
top of the tower with us all lifting our bikes up and and uh, whatnot. So that was good. Yeah, that was pretty sweet. It was definitely worth it. For the mix. Yeah. I saw that picture and uh, I was just floored just thinking of all the conversations me and Brandon have had before the podcast, during the podcast, after the podcast, texts back and forth as we've gone together on the podcast journey and Brandon's doing this. It's just so incredible to see the result and thank you both of you and your uh, Brandon, your brother, Emily, your sister for climbing up the tower and doing that at the end. Cause I think that's so inspiring just to see that photo. It, it, I almost cried. I was like, this is something really special here. So thank you for that. And I was thinking too, if I was in that moment and I got that sense when I'm seeing that I can picture like all the emotions of you just being so proud. And this is one of the highlights of your whole, whole life. Honestly, I mean, it would be for me. So yeah. what an incredible journey that we've been on. Thank you, Brandon. Thank you, Emily, for all you've done for all you continue to do and all you will do for youth mental health, for stigma reduction, for fundraising and in your professional careers. So thank you so much. This has been an incredible journey and the journey isn't over for Ride Don't Hide 2021. We're still looking for donations as you complete your ride uh, virtual this year. And you will hear later from Steven how you can continue to be involved in Ride Don't Hide 2021. So thank you so much for this incredible conversation and thank you. Hi everyone, it's James. I'm here with Steven. He's going to talk to us a little bit about the past week's events, Spirit Week, Ride Don't Hide 2021, and we have a special surprise that Steven will be sharing as well. So welcome, Steven. Hey James, it's so great to, to be with you. Yeah, this is awesome. So do you want to uh, share some of the exciting stuff that's been going on? What's what, what's on your mind? Lately? Absolutely. Well, I just wanted to thank everybody who's listening and who's gone to our landing page, uh, ridedonehide.com forward slash Manitoba. You've heard that a uh, hundred thousand times, which is great. And people have gone to the site. They've engaged in all the different Spirit Week activities from bannock making to why our pets are really important to biking tips uh, so many great things coloring uh, we're so so thrilled uh, that we had uh, a contest for people to to do that that handlebar poster and post it on social media so thank you for everyone who's done that uh, there's there's no question that the 330 ride was one of the, the most epic events that happened and I had the pleasure of tagging along with the four extremely uh, gifted cyclists along with the, the crew that helped maintain and support bike wellness and also our, our participants that were, were doing the 330 ride. Uh, it was absolutely incredible. Great weather, great enthusiasm. You know, we really appreciated all the support of co-op and for our friends at Birchwood. Uh, Gull Harbor Inn, accommodations and food was just fantastic. But mostly we really appreciate the support that we got from 
those on social media, they engage in their Instagram, you know, live uh, events, and yeah, it's just, it was truly extraordinary. What makes this even more exciting is we often think that Ride Don't Hide 2021 is over after our Spirit Week. And I don't know about you, James, but I sometimes get to the dance a little bit late. So I'm really excited, I make a pledge for something, and like time just passes, because we have full lives, we have so many competing priorities, and so sometimes that goal just kind of stands there. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So for me, I've gotten a few people on my side, but there's definitely some more opportunities there to be able to explore. And I think if I can show them, these are the people, Emily and Brandon and Brandon's brother, Emily's sister, who went along for the 330 ride this is the kind of stuff that you want to show people that like, this is how we're going to make those connections. Like, look what they've done, look what we can do. And it's all together. Yeah. People are really interested in the tangibles, right? You know, so what was the outcome? And so uh, they went from Selkirk to Hecla and back. And so we get to relive these moments. Spirit week will continue for the entire month of July, all the different teachings, all the different activities are all uh, online. People can engage in them at their own pace. People can still donate to ridedonehide.com. 2021 is still open till the end of July. So July 31st, we close the donor drive uh, platform. And the month of July, we are focusing on our new integrated youth hub in the West Broadway neighborhood. And so we're just thrilled that, that we are one of those uh, five youth hubs in Manitoba. And with that comes an exorbitant amount of cost. And so the first week of July, the first full week of July, what we're focusing on is computers for our participants. So when, when youth are coming to the youth hub to do employment support searches, resumes, budgeting, anything that requires a computer, we want to make sure that they have access. So we've set a goal of $10,000 that we want to raise uh, that, again, this is for ridedonehide.com, but this is specifically for the first full week of July. That's our goal of $10,000. Now, the second full week, because I know people like to get things in pairs, the second full week is all about our cultural programming. So whether it's ceremony, whether it's feast, whether it's language, art, uh, the indigenous cultural enhancement of our youth integrated program is essential. And so we've also set a goal for the second week of July of $10,000. So the first two weeks, we're looking to, to raise that $20,000. Right now, we are like 51% of our 100,000 goal. And, and I know that we, by the end of July, uh, will we'll reach that. I myself have, have waited for July to hit because I get super excited. So we call it Ride, Don't Hide, plus Spirit Week, plus. And so everybody's invited to continue that. So whether you've set a goal and you haven't reached that, for some, they wanted to create a team. Create a team. Again, you can still move more, you can give more. We want people to feel better. 
now that restrictions are, are lifted and people are engaging with one another, what a great opportunity to talk about how our mental health and well-being is and also support the CMHA Manitoba Winnipeg office uh, with all the incredible youth programming that we do. I also want to give a shout out to our friends in the Inner Lake Eastern uh, branch, the, the folks in Parkland and the folks in, in, in Thompson. You know, collectively, uh, they've raised over $20,000 for, uh, for, for the, the whole of those three. And so that's extraordinary, you know, that, that together we're just above that $70,000 mark of the 140. So we're halfway there of our goal. I know that the folks in Thompson have reached their goal and surpassed that goal of 10,000. But I encourage all our listeners, our audience to, to go to ridedonthide.com forward slash Manitoba. You've heard from James, you've heard from Emily, you've heard from our incredible ambassador uh, this year, Brandon, of their epic ride. And again, head over to our social media sites because you'll see pictures and video of just them doing it. It's, it's pretty extraordinary to think that four individuals along with the support of two others committed themselves for two full days for the promotion of mental health for youth and to raise funds for youth. So we couldn't be more proud here at the CMHA as I give uh, leadership to uh, youth mental health promotion. I am just blown away at the engagement of our communities, the engagement of our staff, our donors, our sponsors. It's just been such a successful uh, campaign this year. And, and thanks, James, for you know committing yourself and for Brandon to this podcast to really highlight Ride, Don't Hide and our, the, those eight dimensions of wellness. Absolutely. Yeah. So um, we were talking today about uh, some of the different dimensions of wellness. And I think it's so important, the spiritual wellness, which we're talking about today, which can be about connecting with something that's meaningful for yourself. It doesn't necessarily have to be religious, but it's something that's a higher purpose. And so I think with the 330 ride that those four incredibly gifted individuals, those four incredibly committed and athletic and inspired individuals they were all connecting with something that is a higher meaning and that was to promote youth mental health it's so 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 crucial yeah and if you if you were on the the ride with us you would have seen the beauty of our province and the the beauty of the land that that has been left for us uh, by the first peoples and it's just astounding like Hecla village it's like a postcard and to to see these four riders you know gliding down the road it was a bumpy road though you know so shout out to the the folks in transportation i think we need to get on this uh on this road uh, development there but it was just so picturesque and it was what a joy to go to like an artesian well to get this, this water that's pumping all the 24 seven, it just keeps on pumping and to, to nourish our souls, to nourish our minds. Because I would say a lot of this ride was real, this, this mental, you know, emotional, 
uh, spiritual uh, goal of completing. You know, I know that many of the riders were they're sore. You know, uh, throughout the ride. You know, and and but they knew what to do. Right? They were coached and. Uh, how to take care of themselves with their mind and their body with within the spirit that that they that they live out every day the the, the wonderful personalities of of each of these individuals was extraordinary and so yeah the spiritual dimension of our wellness uh, is is critical and sometimes it's about looking outside of ourselves for this for that support so whether it's a tree or water a symbol uh, an organized sort of religion, uh, whatever it is, I think we have the opportunity. The invitation is there to check it out, to engage. And if this works, hey, then I think it's a home run. I agree. Thank you so much, Stephen. This has been awesome. What an incredible event. What inspiring action. Let's take this energy and move it forward. And let's commit to seeing out the end of July with a successful campaign. So thank you, everyone. Thank you, everyone who has been involved in some way in Ride Don't Hide 2021 and Spirit Week activities. We thank you so much from the bottom of our hearts. We really, truly thank you. And thank you, Emily and Brandon, for coming on the podcast today. Thank you, Stephen, for helping us guide us where to go to continue the efforts. RideDon'tHide.com forward slash Manitoba. Thank you.